Thank you so much for leading us uh, to worship the Lord in singing. I almost forgot I'm going to preach this morning. But anyway, um, good morning to everybody. Good morning. Why don't we take time to look around us and wave each o- each o- to each other good morning. <laughs> Since uh, we are on mask and it's not very clear if you are, uh, we are smiling or not. <laughs> I'm really glad to be here once again and I thank the Lord for this privilege of uh, sharing his word and in and Pastor Bill for entrusting me with a pulpit uh, this morning. And uh, I'm not sure, though, if I have still voice left. Uh, I think I sang too loud, so I hope you'll be patient with me. And um, we will keep our Bibles open to the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. Acts, uh, chapter 8. Verses 26 to 40. And before we're going to unfold God's word, shall we stop for a moment in prayer? Father, you are an awesome God, and we thank you, Lord, for we are part of your family. And thank you for your sustaining grace. We are here today. You are the most important person in this place right now, and we worship you. And even as we look at your word and listen to you, we ask that you will teach us how to respond. And we pray that you will give us a vision, Lord, on what to do, O oh God, even as you speak to each of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those who do not know me, my name is Raymond Lou. And I'm the pastor of FCC. They call me pastor in the afternoon, but in the morning, actually, you can call me Raymond. Raymond is a beautiful name, right? And in Canada, I realized that's a beautiful name. My first doctor, doctor's family name is Raymond. And you have a pastor whose second name is Raymond. And he can be a pastor. And when you cross the bridge, there's a name there, Saint Raymond. So he can be a saint too. And, um, you know, when we saw the signage, my wife said, this is a sign we're going to build a church here. And, um, and I said, I think that's not a good idea because we want people to stop thinking of there's a reincarnation. And, uh, but anyway, we pray for God, you know, I think uh, the place is ripe for the gospel. Amen? And um, I have learned that um, Miss Debbie preached on the fruit of the Spirit last Sunday. And it is amazing that as we come and gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ, we can enrich each other with the fruit of the Spirit. And as we leave this place and go to our homes and go to, uh, to our work and maybe with friends, we can share the fruit of the Spirit and the people 
have a taste of what it is to be a Christian. Can I have amen for that? You know, the Holy Spirit is indispensable when we share Christ's love to others. And it is amazing that we can bring people within our circle of influence to the feet of Jesus Christ. But there are times when it brings us to share salvation to someone we meet for the first time. He wants us to carry God's good news of salvation in our conversation. Someone defines evangelism like this. Evangelism is what spills over when we bump into someone. Is it not beautiful? That's a wonderful definition of evangelism. When you are full of Jesus, what spills over is the love of Christ. And if you may, if you bump into someone, oh, a Christian lady or gentleman, you shake the fruit of the Spirit. But of course, if you bump into a Christian who is very stressed, that doesn't guarantee. And uh, it might be another story. But God works in bringing people to himself. He brings us to the familiar, and he, at the same time, he brings us to the unfamiliar. Philip brought Nathaniel, his friend, but in this passage, we are going to see that he brought Philip to the, uh, to the Ethiopian eunuch. I almost said European eunuch. No, there's no such thing. And... Uh, God works people, bringing people to himself, and God uses people to bring his message of salvation. I'm going to say it again. God uses people to bring his message of salvation, and he uses you and me. He uses you. Amen? Can you tell your neighbors? Your neighbor of that? And we need to respond to the call as a church and as a follower of Jesus Christ. We are entrusted with a great commission. He did not use angels. He used and he uses earthen vessels like, like you, like me. And as someone says, there is no plan B. And today we will look into how the Lord used Philip. To bring the good news to an Ethiopian eunuch. Now, sometimes I, when I read a story, sometimes I think, why Ethiopian? Why not Filipino? You know, it's easy to understand. You cannot drive your jeepney going to Jerusalem. But uh, why not Chinese? And I cannot speak for, 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 for the others. But one thing is sure, salvation is for everyone. Amen? Salvation is for everyone. God loves the whole world. The book of Acts is the acts of the Holy Spirit. It is the acts of the Holy Spirit. Can we say that again? 
acts of the Holy Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit moved in a powerful way in the birth and growth of the church, and in the church are nations. And just like Eastgate Alliance Church, we are nations proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ and worshiping and declaring that He is Lord. God used people to bring the message of salvation and in the life of this Ethiopian eunuch, God Himself brought Philip to a seeking soul who is the Ethiopian eunuch. Verse 26 says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. In the life of Philip, God used the angel, God's messenger, to guide him where to go. And by the way, when we see angels in the Bible, all and wonders should not stop with the angel. Because angels are messengers of God. We must have to ask who sent the angels. They are messengers of God. However, God does not always send an angel to guide us. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling in our hearts. Amen? And that is the our common ground, the Holy Spirit in you is the same Holy Spirit that is in me. And the Holy Spirit is actively guiding the church. He is active in the birth of the church as well as the growth of the church. And He is active in everyone, in each one of us. Now you are in the Lord Because the Holy Spirit guided someone to share to you the gospel. And in the same way, God might use each one of us. He will prompt each one of us in order that we may bring to others the love of Jesus. A witness, a Christian witness is someone who obeys God's great commission and places himself under God's direction. And that's what made Philip an evangelist. He obeyed the great commission and he made himself under, he placed himself under God's command. And here, God sent Philip to the specific person in a specific place. And I would like to say that you are born, you are not born, you are not born in random manner. Now, we Filipinos have an expression like chamba. I don't know if we borrowed it from the Spanish chamba. That means he is lucky. Now, if you are 40 years old and you gave birth to a child, some Filipinos would say, Chamba, nakachamba. That means you are lucky. But in God's plan, 
There is no chamber. God thought of you from the very beginning. And it is true as well in our spiritual rebirth. God thought of you from the foundation, from the very beginning, from the foundation of the world, you are in God's plan. Amen? That's how much God loves you. If he sends you to bring the gospel to someone through the Holy Spirit, you participate in something greater than we are, God's plan of salvation, the Great Commission. And not only that, we participate in the, in the hastening of the kingdom of God. Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end, and shall the end come. Now Philip is sent to a desert road outside the city to an Ethiopian eunuch. God sent, sent him to preach to him. And remember that Philip also preaches to a crowd. But sometimes he sends his people to preach on or to, or to share God's word to someone, to somebody. And both, both the crowd and the individual in individuals are special to him because it reflects the heart of God as the shepherd who left the 99 in order to seek the one lost sheep. Luke 15, 7, I tell you, in the same way there will be more rejo rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. My brothers and sisters, you may have brought somebody or someone to Christ within your family, or maybe within your circle, or maybe outside your circle, and announced, God notices these things. And the heaven notice, uh, heavens notice this, this, this. And in fact, it says that heaven rejoices for one sinner who turns to Christ. Is it not amazing? You know, when we gather as a family, we need to look at God's lens. You know, we need to look through the eyes of God. How important is this man? Is, the, is, is, is this man? Is this brother and sister in Christ? And I believe that it also applies within, within the church. You know, if we are serious about Christian gathering, do not come to a church. I don't know if this is a good advice, actually. But I would say that do not come to a church because of a good crowd or a good number of people. Come to the church because you know that you are able to minister and encourage somebody who is an object of God's love and spur him, spur her into 
good works. We see each other, we must see each other through God's eyes as the object of God's love. Amen? As someone who is bought with the price of the blood of Jesus Christ, do we see do we see each other this way? Is it very important for me as a preacher to have a big crowd? Or is it important for me as a preacher to look at one or two who is redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ? How precious is your brother or sister to you? Now, verse 27 says, So Philip started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch. Philip obeyed God's command. God's, God's command and Philip's obedience brought the Ethiopian eunuch to the Lord Jesus Christ to hear the gospel. Now, Charles Wendell talked about sensitivity and availability. And he said, where sensitivity emphasizes the ears, listening to and initially responding to God, availability focuses more on the feet, moving them in whatever direction God specifies. Sensitivity says, I hear you, Lord, and I'm on my way. Availability says, okay, where's the next turn? Is it not wonderful? Sensitivity and availability. Are you sensitive to the Holy Spirit? And but are you available? Philip was sensitive to God's call and made himself available. If we are sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we must be available to what the Lord calls us to do. Amen? It must be balanced. You know, in these times of looming darkness, what does, what does missions or outreach look like? God may be calling us, or maybe calling me, maybe calling you to reach out to someone within the circle of your influence, whose heart God has prepared. And to obey God's call, we must be sensitive and we must be available. I have another quote, if you know this pastor. Obeying God's call is taking over plans and laying them down, even if it means uncertainty. Obeying God's call is surrender. It may mean surrendering our plans. It is only when we surrender our plans that we become available. And maybe Philip had his own schedule too, itineraries. But he was willing to place this one as his first or his priority, the Ethiopian eunuch. And secondly, God prepares the hearts of the Ethiopian eunuch. He sent Philip 
to him. And, and I believe before that, he already prepared the heart of the Ethiopian eunuch. When a great commission was given, it came with a promise. Do you remember? It says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is God's promise for you. Amen? And this is very important to me too. Because law is almost like my family name. Uh, nobody, nobody is laughing. It's a joke. So, but it's okay. But you can place your name on it. He is with you always. It is amazing that before God called Barnabas, in order to minister to Paul, the persecutor, Saul, the persecutor, who turned to be Paul, the apostle, God was already at work in his life. Before Philip brought Nathaniel, Jesus already saw him under the fig tree. God uses people to bring the message of salvation. But the whole, work, the whole work of one man or woman, uh, the whole work of God's calling is all of the Holy Spirit. And that is amazing. Our only part is to present the gospel and disciple the, evan uh, the evangelist or the prospect and the rest is his work. The Holy Spirit guides us and he equips us with his presence. And he orchestrates opportunities. He orchestrates open doors for evangelism. He empowers us to proclaim or share the gospel. He works in the life of the evangelized by bringing conviction. And he illuminates so that's so that she or he may understand. And not only that, the Holy Spirit regenerates. It is not our business that it is the work of the Holy Spirit that he would be born again. It is the business of the Holy Spirit that he is sealed unto salvation. That is not our part. Our part is to present the gospel and obey, to obey his call in our lives. From the start to the end, it is about the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, have you noticed that most of our fears in witnessing and evangelism are focused on self? Fear of rejection, losing friendship, fear of offending, feeling inadequate, fears of what others will think. Interrupting, we are afraid of interrupting others' lives, being seen as arrogant, our personal doubt and weakness. When we know that God has orchestrated that a friend will receive God's gift of salvation, we must stop focusing on ourselves and our self-image to obey the Holy Spirit's prompting because He is at work in our friends or your friends' life. He has an appointment. He will not end 
our part is not to miss that opportunity that God has opened for us. Because it is the time when God uses us as instruments in the Lord's hand and in someone's life. May we be sensitive and available to the doors that God has opened for each one of us. When God is leading us to someone, let us obey with urgency. Amen? We must. It's urgent because the Holy Spirit is working. It's urgent. We must go there. Verse 27 to 31. I will, I, will, I will start with uh, 26. Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, which means queen of the Ethiopians. These men had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. Philip, so the Ethiopian God told him about, and he, it came out that he was a dignitary of Ethiopia. And he, he was holding the treasure of the queen, the finance, the finance, finance officer, if you may. He was an outsider who came to Jerusalem, maybe seeking the true God. He worshiped in Jerusalem, and he was a Gentile, and he came from a distant land. And the law actually keeps him, keeps him out, for the law says. No one is emasculated or has his male organ cut off shall enter the kingdom of God. But what the law rejected, the love of God pursued. God pursued him. Is it not amazing? God brought Philip to a seeking soul. God prepares the heart of the Ethiopian eunuch and thirdly, Philip presents the gospel. Verse 29, the Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay there. You know, I cannot help, when I read this, I cannot help but feel the emotion, the excitement of the moment. Because God is saying, go to the chariot and stay near it. You know, it sounds to me like fishing. You know, don't... Uh, don't lose sight of that fish. And it makes sense too. Because God said to us, the Lord said to us that we are fishers, that he makes us fishers of people. Fishers of men and women. Philip did not complain. Lord, wait a minute. I need to buy a chariot in order that I can go near his chariot. No. But Philip, in verse 30 says, Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? 
Philip asked. And here, we can learn principles from this conversation. Philip starts with a question. Now, many, many evangelistic methods start with a question. And one popular question is, if, uh, if you are going to die today, are you sure you are going to heaven? Do you ask this question? Have you heard that question? I was trained with that method. And eventually, during my training, I was assigned in a hospital during the OJT. And it was not a good experience because I was going to ask, if you are going to die today, are you sure you are going to heaven? So, and he was dying. And the family said, please, don't say bad words. But it remains, my brothers and sisters, that, that Philip asked the right question during this time. Do you understand what you are reading? And the Ethiopian eunuch said, how can I, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Philip asked a question and waited for an answer. And I would like to presume that he listened to this man and he was Philip was attentive to this man. It was, though it was not easy, it, it, it was running and keeping up with the chariot. And, but Philip showed a gentle attitude by being patient until he was invited to come and sit with him and to the chariot. Now, through Philip's example, we can demonstrate Jesus' kindness and humility. Amen? We don't have, you don't, you don't have to preach on somebody like you are preaching to a 10 million people. But we demonstrate kindness and humility. We listen more. We judge less. Talk with people. Smile. Though I doubt because we are on mask right now. We cannot see each other's smile. And look at the person in the eye. Offer, offer him a firm handshake. No, right now, we, all we can do is elbow, maybe elbow. And uh, we can do that and consider how precious the person is in the sight of God. That he was able to make an appointment with, uh, that he was able to make an appointment with him. Do you see how God opened the door of opportunity for Philip to share the gospel? It was not an accidental. It was God's appointment for the Ethiopian eunuch. And if God tells us to be there, we must show up. Amen? If God prompts us to be there, we must show up because God is ahead of us. He is before us. He sent Philip, his human resource, to explain the gospel. This is how God sent someone to us, that we may know Jesus Christ 
and how God will send us to be a witness of God's saving grace. He is preparing the heart of somebody. And when God comes to us and say to us, go to this person, that is because he is at work in someone's life. When we read the rest of the verses, Philip pointed to eunuch, Jesus Christ, through the scripture. And later on, the eunuch followed the Lord in water baptism. Can everybody say amen? amen. He was already baptized, and the instant he received the gospel, and the Ethiopian eunuch went home rejoicing. Wow! The gospel came to the Ethiopian eunuch. God uses people to bring his message of salvation by bringing someone to a seeking soul, by preparing the heart of a friend for the gospel that we are going to evangelize, and by using someone to present the gospel. We must be ready and something that we must not miss when we say the gospel, it is about Jesus. Jesus' death, that he, he was born, he died, and he rose again. It is A.B. Simpson who wrote, Jesus only is our message. Jesus all our themes shall be. We will lift up Jesus ever. Jesus only will we see. Jesus only, Jesus ever. Jesus all in all we sing. Savior, sanctifier, healer, glorious Lord, and coming King. In this, what people call of this time is the post-Christian, uh, post-Christian era. It is a post-Christian world. But the message of the gospel remains the same. If this is the end times, let us always remember that the, the end times characterize complacency, apostasy, deception. But my brothers and sisters, the message should stay the same. We preach Jesus. Amen? Everybody, uh, we need a Savior, and many people are in need of the Savior, and some of them are passing uh, and without Jesus Christ. I wanted to share, uh, I, wanted, I should have shared the song, The Missionary Cry, it will, it will really squeeze. Uh, it squeezes my heart uh, to, uh, to read this, the other, you know, A.B. Simpson's hymn, the missionary cry. My brothers and sisters, is God leading you to someone, and you are afraid? Is God leading to someone, and you are afraid that you are, you might lose your popularity what is keeping us from leading somebody from following the Lord my friends he is starting his work in us and 
around us, and we must make ourselves available. What keeps us from sharing Jesus? Is it fear? We are afraid, especially during this time. Is it personal issues? And I'm not only talking to you, I'm talking to myself. It is my personal issues. Is it about preserving my self-image? My friends, my brothers and sisters, we will bring it to the cross and say to the Lord, Lord, I am available. Call me and use me. Is that the prayer of our hearts today? Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for it is you who orchestrates opportunities to share the gospel. And Father, it is our prayer that you will prepare us, oh God, prepare our hearts. It are some things, Lord, hindering us from becoming an effective witness. Father, we pray that you will deal with each one of us in your own special way. We know how much you love us, Lord. And we want to share this love to somebody. And Father, even this today and even this week, oh God, we ask that you will bring someone to our lives whom we can share with the love of Jesus. We give thanks. We give glory for this opportunity. Thank you for who you are in our lives. Continue to inspire your people. Continue to encourage each one, oh God, even in, this, in the darkest moment of history, oh God, that, uh, that your light may shine in us and through us. And Lord, use us, O oh God, so that others may taste the fruit of the Spirit that manifests in our lives. In Jesus' name, and God's people say, Amen.